This podcast is brought to you by absolutely no one. The Bald and the Beautiful podcast with Dave Vella. Who the hell is Dave Vella? Welcome to the podcast, beautiful people. Thanks for tuning in. A warning that this conversation gets into the issues of depression, suicide and autism as I chat to a man who is well-versed in all of these areas. His chosen career was to follow in his father's footsteps as a professional football player, and in doing so, he climbed the ladder of success, having donned the green and gold jersey for Australia in both rugby league and rugby union, a dual-code international representative. And although football has been a big part of his life, it's not who he is. As a man, he has battled his own depression. He has also had more than one family member commit suicide. And as a dad to four kids, every day he's dealing with the challenges of raising his son, Max, who has been diagnosed with ASD. That's Autism Spectrum Disorder. He has been able to get the therapy for Max, which showed considerable results within months. And he considers himself pretty lucky because he was able to afford the treatment, but many can't. So along with his wife, Chloe, he started the 4ASD Kids charity to assist other families to get the much needed support. It is now the driving factor behind what he does. I visited his home for a cup of tea and a Kingston biscuit or two, and we have a very raw and revealing chat. Even his dog, Ace, joins in a couple of times. My guest today, he's a tough bloke on the outside, a beautiful man on the inside. Please enjoy this conversation with Matt Rogers. See, Max is 14 now, nearly 14. Uh, no, he is 14, just turned 14. Um, I've literally got to grab him and say, look at me. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yep. and that's when I know I've got him, you know, yep. like, otherwise yep. you just fucking, you don't, you don't yep. know what he's listening to. Yeah. You know? so he's got a but, but they're all different, aren't they? Like, like yeah. every, every, yeah. every kid on the spectrum yeah. has something different about him. I've got some kids that respond really well to the, you know, to the, the noise and the, yeah, yeah, and, the yeah. and the slapping, like you know, yeah. break falling and, and landing on the mats and and doing the forward rolls, and you get these kids that respond to that and they they come up out of a forward roll and they've got a big smile on their face and you go boom I got gotcha, you yeah. you know and they love it yeah that's cool and um, yes yeah, so I'm I'm doing a lot of that with the kids man mate martial arts in this day and age I don't think it could be more needed just a discipline for young people yeah. You know um, what I mean, like the, the younger generation, man. I know, I know every every older generation says it. Yeah, and we're getting but, old. <laughs> but yeah, but but never before have we had a time where there's been so much distraction in young people's lives. Yeah, and they're just going haywire. Yeah, you know, and there's so much competition about how they look, their social media, all this sort of shit. Yeah, rather than just being kids, you know. Yeah, drives me insane. And I, you know, I remember as a kid just entertaining yourself a lot more. Yeah, you know, just playing with nothing. 100%. And I have this argument with my kids all the time, I'm bored, work yeah, it out. Yeah. You got everything in this house, you got yeah. parks over the road, you, yeah. got, you got your bikes, you got your skateboards. Yeah. There's t- but there's I'm, too much choice yeah, sometimes. I'm not, en- I'm not here to entertain you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm your dad. Yeah. But you know, like I'm happy to, you know, I do, do heaps of stuff for the kids, but it's just, man. Well, I'm lucky in a way, I've only got one to entertain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that was a, a conscious decision I made just to have one kid yeah um at the time my wife wanted to have a second one and i was like i really don't yeah. want it yeah i just want one yeah um 
And I don't know, I don't know how parents, when you've got three, I mean, I, I was one of four, yeah. and I don't know how, I don't remember a time when I got one-on-one -on -one attention yeah. from my parents. Well, mate, that's why I took Phoenix, my 12-year-old, me and her went trek Kakoda together. Eight days in the jungle, just me and her. That's unreal. Learning about Australia and what, what we're built on. And that's unreal. Mate, it was the best trip of my life. Yep. And what made you want to go to Kokoda? I mean, oh, it's, it's I just, just a pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah I've just got a. I've, well, both my grandfathers, both Chloe and my grandfathers, were both in the Second World War. Yeah. And um, I, I just, I've done the Kokoda Challenge here, and I wanted to get up there and actually see it, and do it experience for real, it, and, yeah. and, and and understand it. And mate, it was the most moving, emotional, just unbelievable week, unbelievable, and just and to be there with my twelve-year-old girl. Was there many other people doing it at the same time? Well, I, I took the group. So we did it as a oh, bit of okay. a fundraising activation for yep. my charity. So we yep. took 26 people. Wow. Two, two other, well, there were, there were four other families that took their kids. Yep. Um, and mate, all of them, one family, super, super wealthy family, um, took their two boys and the husband and wife came and the guy came to me after the trek. He goes, I don't know how I'm going to say this to people. And I said, what's that? He goes, mate, the life we live and the the privilege that we live with mm. he goes we've traveled the world we've done everything he goes but nothing's impacted our family like this trek that's unreal and i'm like well i think if you just say that yeah i think exactly that, that's, just just keep it real yeah. say say how it affected you said to me he, he bought the trek at an auction last year for our charity and i said to him, mate would you mind doing a testimony for me at the next one yeah great because we're going to sell we're going to mm. go again in march next year and he's like oh mate he goes I, I, i'd be honored to he goes i just he goes, I, I want to come back. Wow. So I'm going to go. So so I, next year I'm doing it in March and October again. I'm going to take my my other daughter uh, in March and then my other son in October. Uh, they're, well, they're a bit older, those two. Yeah, like yeah 20 yep. and 24. Yeah, uh, 21 and 24. And what, what's Phoenix? Uh, she's 12. 12. Yeah. And how did she go as a 12-year-old? Really? I did it easy. That is so yeah, good. And, and do you reckon that just like cemented you and her relationship? We've got a really strong bond, you know. Like I, when I retired, I... I just took a year off, yeah. didn't do anything. Um, and it was the year before she started school. So every day, me and, like her and I would go and have a milkshake together in the morning. Yeah, great. And it just formed a bond that's yeah. really unique. I mean, every, every dad and daughter's got a unique relationship. Yep. I just think that I was fortunate enough that the, the timed right where I had the time to sit with her yeah. and just engage, yeah. you know what I mean? And that yep. time, you just never get back. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, so, yeah, it's, it's those little It's those little things, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've got some, you know, I do the same with my boy. We have those just little moments, like every every, every morning I make him a smoothie. I make yeah. him a banana smoothie. We, he, he wakes up, the smoothie's there, we sit there together at the breakfast table and we drink our smoothie together and he rates it out of 10 for me. Right. Oh, say, mate, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. My, um, I, I'm, I'm, I love my spaghetti bolognese, right? I'll go to a, the best yeah. Italian restaurant, I love yeah. the spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Right? So I, I've got a bit of a... You know, do my own spirit connoisseur. So yeah. every time I cook it, I'm like, I think this is the best one I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> we did that. We had it last night. I said to Phoenix, Phoenix, I reckon this is the best one I've ever cooked. And she's like, Nah, it's not the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she rates it. She's she's honest. Yeah. But I could ask her to do anything with me, and she trusts me enough to go. I'll do it, Dad. I'm with you. Yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's that's a real. I, I think that's that's born out of that time that I spent in those early years, yeah. you know what I mean? Just yeah. investing in, in that relationship, yeah. which, you know, I, I, there's not a dad on the planet that wouldn't want to do it. 
I was just lucky enough to be able to do it. Well, I don't know. I, I just and I had this conversation with Pete Murray in the last po- podcast right. I did, and we both said we just don't get dads that don't want to spend time with yeah. their kids. And there's a lot of them out there. They just well, want well, to. I guess some of them are so driven to to succeed or not not succeed. So so they, they feel like like their 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 number one role is to provide. <coughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's the only reason that I could think that I just got to go and do stuff to provide. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and you sort of like things get left by the wayside because you're so focused on being that person. Or, or they're stuck. I think, yeah, I think that's part of it too. I think there could be also, that they, they could be stuck in the old stereotypical roles of male, female. Yeah. And hey, okay, that's that's the wife's job. Yeah. You know, my job is to provide. Yeah. And I hang out with the kids when I yeah. can and we do what we yeah. can. And But the wife's role is to connect with the kids and, and make sure they're educated and make sure they're you know, doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a good point. You know, and, and then I think it also depends on how they were raised with their dad. You know, so what the shit that they're taking from their relationship on how they grew up and how they're taking it into their kids. And there's a lot of that rubbish oh, going How easy is that to oh, drag into from, it's from generation to generation? It's easy. But yeah. I think you've got to, like, for me, I, um, I, had a shit, I had a shit upbringing and I had, my dad left when I was about one and a half. So... He left, absconded, went away, didn't see him again, had no connection with me whatsoever. And I, I remember growing up just thinking, how do you not want to know who your son is? How do you, how has he yeah. never given me a call in 20 something years? That's nuts, isn't it? It's crazy. I couldn't imagine it. I, I don't understand it. Um, yeah. And, but I, I've made a conscious decision to not take that shit into my relationship yeah. with my kid. Yeah, that's good. And sometimes I'm probably a little bit over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the helicopter parent. <laughs> my boy goes, Dad, just leave me alone. Leave me alone, mate. Give <laughs> like, some space. I go, but buddy, do you know how much I love you? <laughs> like, I, I seriously, I look at him and go, dude, you're not going to understand this right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you'll know it when you've, got a, yeah. you'll know it when you've got a kid and you'll just understand how much I just bloody love you. <laughs> And he's like, Dad, okay, I get it. It's all good. But you've got um, you've got heaps of kids. You've got like 75. Four. Yeah, four kids. <laughs> so tw- when I had my first one, though, right? Yeah. And, you know, you, you know, you're saying to your boy, oh, you know how much I love you, you know how much I love you, right? So I remember I had my first kid, and um, I'm thinking, I don't know if I could ever love anything anymore. I know. If I have another kid, how am I going to give them? I know. How am I going to do this? How do you split your love around? Yeah. Mm. But it just works. I, I still don't get it. Yeah. I don't, I don't I, s- I, mate, you know what? Until I had it, until yeah. it happened, yep. I just thought, man, there's no way I can have another kid and love it anyway, like as much as this kid. Yeah. And it just works, you know? And and then sometimes I love my other kids more than I love that first kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It depends I, who's behaving. Because <laughs> I look at now... The love I have for that little fella. Mm. Oh, here comes trouble. Yeah, Look at you. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Ace. Ace. How funny is this? My boy's initials are Ace. Oh, really? A-C-E. And I purposely did that. Yeah. Last name's Ella. First name's Aston. And I named his middle name after uh, my grandfather. Yeah. I purposely did it so he'd have the initials A-C-E. And I thought, one day he's going to grow up and use it for a business. Yeah. Use it for some sort of, you know, <laughs> A-something. But he doesn't get called Ace. He gets called um, he gets called Mini. Yeah, right. So since he was six weeks in the stomach, um, I knew my wife was pregnant. We found out she was pregnant. I wanted to relate to the baby somehow. We had a boy's name and a girl's name, but obviously you don't know the sex of the of the kid just yet. 
So I said, okay, I don't want to call it peanut or, 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 or you know, pickle or whatever yeah. people call it. I said, how about mini? It's like either going to be a mini you or a mini me. So I and she goes, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. So I started relating to it as mini, talk and do it in the stomach as mini. At 20 weeks, found out it was a boy, knew the name, but I still called him, still called him mini. mini. Now he's nearly nine. I'm still They're calling, calling him Mini. Mini. Yeah, right. All of my mates call him Mini. All of his yeah, friends yeah. call him Mini. So. Well, well, mate, I gave my son, my second son, his middle name's Danger. And I saw uh, <laughs> Danger's my middle yeah, name. Yeah, Is that yeah. why you did it? So yeah, you can yeah, say yeah, that? Yeah, so he can That's say great. He grows up. Were you smoking something when you did that? Oh, I don't know what I was. <laughs> you know who told me about it? George Smith from the Wallabies, actually. He said, oh, yeah. you know, um, oh, what's his name? Lead singer of Green Day. Uh, Billy, Billy Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Up. He, he, did, he did it with his son. I thought, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna. So George Smith told me about it. Ace. 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 That's right. Get out of here. Ace. Yeah. There's always something that goes I'll on. Just, just, yeah, go and take him out. I'll just entertain everyone with a little bit of music for uh, 30 seconds. Beautiful. See, this is what happens when you are. Uh, Coming to people's homes, you just got to deal with reality. <laughs> yeah, well, it's <mate>. unreal. <laughs> so you've got uh, you got your four kids. Um, yep. How old are the first the first one? You say 20, 24. 24. 24, Yeah, just turned yeah. twenty four. Uh, my, the... my daughter, she's twenty one this year. Yeah. In a couple of months. Yeah. And then uh, <coughs> Maxi, my little fella, he's 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 been you know not without his challenges over the years. He's autistic, Maxi. So yeah. You know, it was a it was a big eye. How was how was so when did he get diagnosed? Uh, when he was two and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, sort of which is about the age when ago, that yeah. sort of happens. Two and a half years ago. That's Eleven sort of when they get diagnosed. Yeah, isn't it? around two, time. three. Well, if if you're aware and you're on top of it, you know, you, and, and it's and it's fairly prevalent, you'll 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 be able to pick it up. Yeah. Some some people they, they sort of don't want to pick it up. Yeah. I know. Like yes. in a way that like, so, oh, no, no. Like, yeah. Yep. Like if we listen to one half of our family, we wouldn't have done anything. Yep. Oh uh, no! If we listened to three quarters of our family, we, we probably wouldn't have done anything. Yep. Because they were just, oh no, he'll be right. He'll talk when he wants to talk. This is normal. Yeah, this yeah, is this is fine. Oh, you, know, yeah. you didn't talk till you were yeah. seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, and then um, my my little girl, she's she's twelve. Yeah, she's thirteen. She she's thirteen. In so so with Max, obviously that's a challenge unto itself. Um, yeah. And how did you actually pick up on it? How did you notice? Well. It? Man, I, I was, we were, we're all aware of some stuff. Yeah. Just, you know, just look things like. Because every kid with autism has different, different very different, different yeah, behaviors. Very different you know, characteristics and, and little traits. Max just sort of one day just sort of started, it just went glazed over, you know. It was, it was like, you know, and I sort of joke about it, and you might have heard me say it before, but it was almost like having a little zombie in our house. Yeah. Like when you watch another zombie movie, yeah. they just walk and they're not looking at you, they're looking through you. Yeah. That was Max. Okay. And he just walk around the house and, it, and it's sort of, it's about, um, you know, about that 18 month to two year age where where the, the, the signs of autism, you know, they, they show. Mm. And, and, he, and he went from sort of, you know, being a, a child that would sort of wander over to me and sort of give me a kiss. And I'd say, Maxie, come give me a kiss. And he would just walk straight past me. Mm. And I remember saying to Chloe, you won't give me a kiss anymore. And Chloe was like, ah, he's a boy, he just doesn't want to give yeah. me a kiss. And you, know, you sort of like him go, yeah, probably, you know. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. And then, um, mate, that Christmas, so that was, what was that? He was, yeah, so, so that Christmas, so it was about two and a half. Um, we're, we're down having a big family Christmas together with Chloe's family down at uh, Woi Woi on the Central Coast. 
And Max was just obsessed with this dripping tap, and he would sit mm. at this dripping tap, and he would just watch it all day. All the other all his other cousins are running around playing, and he's just stuck at this tap. And Chloe's father's a barrister. He represented a lady who had um, taken her child's life. This is many years ago, twenty years. She ago. took her child's life. Yeah, he was autistic. This kid. Wow. So he'd studied it. He oh, wanted to know man. everything about it. Why would this lady do this? He had to represent mm. her. You know. Um, anyway, he, he picked up on it pretty much straight away. Yeah. And he came up, came over to me and said, oh, look, you guys have got to get some tests done with Max. And... Were you in denial? I wasn't. Chloe certainly was. Yeah. You know, and, and she didn't take that advice. Yeah. Well, like her and her dad didn't speak for the next six months. Because Chloe, of that? Yeah, because she just Interesting, didn't yeah. want to, you know, she didn't want to have to, she just felt like she'd failed as a mum, you know. Mm. And it was just, it was a really hard time. And then, you know, we got... You know, we went through a whole heap of tests and this, that, and the other, and and it, it's it's not easy trying to get a, a diagnosis for your child because what, you know, the the one thing that the medic, medical profession want to do is, if, if, well, they don't want to just put a label on your kid for starters, because mm. then you just think, oh, life's over, and you know, whatever, whatever you might think, but also they want to they want to get it right, mm. you know what I mean? So it takes time, yeah. and you know, we had this, you know. Original diagnosis of delayed de- de- delayed developmental disorder, not otherwise but specified. Aren't, aren't they all part of the it was spectrum? Yeah, sort of. I, yeah. I, I don't even. Well, they, they wouldn't. I don't get us, it. There's so many yeah, of them. They, they wouldn't yeah. put us. They wouldn't put him on this in, in that on that spectrum sort of band, you know, initially, and then, you know, after a few more months, you know, we finally got that diagnosis. Yeah, look, he's autistic, and man, that just, you know, blew the doors off us. You know, I mean, mm. Chloe was in bed for a week. Yeah. You know, we were just, I was just thinking, man, what are we going to do? You know, like, I, I, I didn't see this coming. And, we, you know, we had a newborn baby at that time. Like, uh, oh, yeah, well, so well sure. we had a one-year-old as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're 16 months apart, the kids. So, um, mate, it was... Did, a, that, did that bring in fears for, yeah, for Phoenix absolutely. as well? Yeah. Oh, mate, I was just watching her like a hawk. I'm thinking, far out. Because it's not, it's not... Once we got that diagnosis, we were also told by the doctor, it's like, look, it's... it's um, it's it's a 500% chance now, more, greater than before, that you were going to have another autistic child. Unbelievable. And I was like, because we wanted to have more kids. Mm. Um, so we just sort of went, okay, well, let's not have any more kids for now. Let's just get through this, uh, make sure that Phoenix is all right. And, and look, when I say all right, like just typically developed so we don't have to, you know, just do all the crazy stuff that we needed to do with Max to get into a point where, you know, he could function and, and he could, you know, be a... Cause we just, and it's hard because, it, like, as, a, as an autistic parent, right, and, and the way I speak about it, like, I've lived it. But when I talk about it, some people take offence to it because I'm like, man, Max isn't, Max isn't normal, Phoenix is normal. It's like, it's all what it is, you mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Max is normal in his way, Phoenix yeah. is normal in her way. Yeah. We see Max, you know, as just an amazing little kid, but, it, mate... It, it's not normal mm. what he had to go through yeah. to get him to a point to yeah. be able to go to school. Yeah, and people you know get offended I mean? at that because you're... Yeah, it's like, oh, it, I just, it just it drives me insane. It blows my bloody mind that someone wants to challenge me about saying something offensive about a child that I've raised that understands, I understand. It's like, yeah, when I say, oh, you know, Phoenix is normal. It's like, no, no, it's typical. I'm like, what, what? Yeah. No, the, the, she's typically developed. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, she's typically developed. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's normal. She's like 90, 95% of the rest of the children. Because they want the you world. to be politically correct oh, in mate, the way you say I'm your just stuff. So, I get so fed up with that PC bullshit. Yeah, man. It just so do it I. drives me insane. Yeah. And, 
I'm here to do the best for, for my son. Like we run a charity that raises money to help autistic children, mm. um, you know, to live their best life. Ace is back in. How did you even back. open that door, you <laughs> ratbag? Come here, just sit down. Sit down. Just sit. Stay there. Good. Yeah, but, and and mate, we, we, we get people, you know, writing on our Facebook page or on our, you know, sending me emails to our info email address, you know, criticising us about the way we've worded something. Yeah. And then, you know, you look into them and they're like, they, they don't do anything. They yeah. just, they just, they just Ke- want to criticise us. The, the old so, keyboard you know, We've raised two million bucks for kids with yeah. autism. Mm. We've helped them get into schools. Mm. You know, we want them to live their best life. Mm. We want to create the platform for them to be able to do that. Um, so when you're doing it, then come criticise me. Mm. But otherwise, uh, just zip it. Yeah. We're not here to hurt anyone. We're here to help people. Yeah. You know, and it just, it just, it really frustrates me that, you know, that that people they'll, they'll look for, for for something as little as that to criticise you on, but yeah. they won't look at the. It's like the, what, what, it's the way the world is, right? Yeah. Like everyone's looking for the negative. Yeah. Well, you know, the, you turn the news on, all that yeah. sort of stuff. It's like let's look at the positive. I hate it. I, I don't. I don't watch the news. No. I, I don't watch the news. It's insane, isn't it? I don't. I don't. I don't read the paper. Yep. Very, very rarely do I do I look at stuff only because I want to stay yeah. on top a little bit. But I, I don't watch TV. I don't watch shows. I know you know. I, I know you did Survivor, you know, yeah, last year and the year before. But I don't watch that stuff. I hate reality TV. Yeah. Well, I, I hate reality TV too. Funnily enough, <laughs> except done, I love Survivor. <laughs> and you've done Dancing with the Stars. You've oh, done two. No, no, that's, that's, a, that's a bleep on the, you don't have to talk oh, about oh, that. We, we crossed that one out. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> mm. Yes, look, the, the thing I don't, look, I get why people like Survivor and like watching this stuff. I just think people are too obsessed with other people's lives. Mate, and that's where I, I believe the show's like, yeah, married at first sight and bachelor. Oh. Like it's a train wreck. It, yeah, and it makes people feel good about themselves because yeah. they're like, "Well, I'm not that bad. Look at that." Yeah, they watch the Kardashians. And they watch this like, oh, Big man, Brother and shit. Yeah, it drives. But drives okay, but still, look. And I'm not here to naysay on, on stuff. But I, and I know you love. I love Survivor, and it's been around for a long time. And you grew up watching it and all that sort <laughs> of stuff. And and a lot of people love it. But at the end of the day, that show is based around manipulation. Deceit, backstabbing, yep. you know, all this, all the yep. bad stuff. How, of how, how you can manipulate a situation and trick people into believing one thing and exactly. doing another. Exactly. So where's the, yeah, where's the positive where's in the that? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's 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 it was hard, man. I found it I found it genuinely hard because that's not me, mm. you know, and that's that's probably why so what, I didn't go very far in the game both times because of that reason. So you know? why'd you go back for a second one? Um, you know why? For the solitude. <laughs> I'm just to get you, away, have a holiday. I'm telling you, it, it, it is, man, to be out there, yeah. just away from all the rubbish in the world, yeah. to be out there with no phone, no, mm. you know, it's hard being away from family, but, you know, but there's a real peace going out to places peaceful, like man. that. I would yeah. wake up in the morning and just go and sit and meditate on the beach for an hour, yeah. just total quiet. Yeah. You know, there was cameras, you forget the cameras are there, you know, and... You know, the game's a game. You know, I just went in there with, you know, thought, oh, if I have to burn someone, I'll burn someone. If not. But, but I, didn't, I never got to that point, which I was lucky. Yeah. yeah. But you're right, that solitude. I, I did years ago. Years ago, I, I spent five days out in the uh, middle of Australia, near Uluru. Oh, wow. Um, for a, um, what's called, a vision quest. Mm. And you go out there and you fast beforehand. And when you get out there, you spend a night with the group, but you're sort of, by yourself in the group, yep. and then you spend a night at the end with the group, and then you've got three nights and four days by yourself, and you've got to go and find your own patch of desert, 
you've got to mark out an area about three meters in diameter, yep. and you can't leave that patch for the four, night, four days and the three nights. You don't eat, all you've got is water. They don't want you to sleep if you can, um, and you're not talking to anyone. You literally you've got no one around. Yep. You've got no phone, nothing. They don't even want you, no books, you can't read, you can't do anything. And all this sort of stuff is meant to help you get into a more enlightened state. Yeah. And especially the not eating, it's meant to help you get into this place of having visions. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and some people do. I didn't. I felt like I probably needed an extra few days out there to, yeah. to really... Just lock in. To lock into yeah, that. Yeah, you know? yeah. but, but man, what, a, what an amazing experience to have. No Facebook, no social media, no phone. Yep. I missed the hell. My boy was only about two at the time, so yeah. that was driving me crazy. Yeah. But all I would do at night, and we had no tent. You had to sleep in basically a sleeping bag under the stars. Yeah. And I'm scared shitless of snakes. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. So either. the whole time out, and I, and I Googled what's out in that desert, you know, before I went out there, and they were talking about King Browns and this, oh, and I'm, wow. I'm shitting myself. <laughs> so <laughs> the whole time I'm laying awake just going, Jesus. But um, it made you really think about family. It made you yep. think about how what's simple, important, man. How simple it, it makes is. you think about what's important to mm. you because you get to, the world is just so busy, man. I'll, I'll tell you, I did. I did at the end of last year. I went and I went fishing in a place called Coral Bay on Ningaloo Roof, like north of Exmouth, like just yep. middle of nowhere. I went fishing there for a week on a boat, no reception, no nothing, with three mates. Had the best week. Came back, the next day, I got on a plane and flew to Dubai. Oh. So can you imagine the contrast, right? Yeah. Nothing, mm. just total solitude, catching fish with four three mm. good mates. Then my wife and I met some friends up in Dubai for a week. It was soul destroying. Yeah. It was, it was literally, it was, it was just different, the, different end of the spectrum. Just like you go from this place of nothingness that's pure beauty mm. into just this man-made mm. concrete jungle and just opulence and mm. everything. And it's just like, man, it made me feel dirty. Yeah. It was really like, it, it was a real eye-opener for me. That, that what makes my heart sing? What makes my soul like go, yeah. that's what I need. So mm. that's why I go on, you know, bushwalk and trail run out in the, the hinterland here because I just, I need to. It's, it, you know, a good friend of mine started a business called Wild Earth. It's an it's a outdoor um outdoor adventure store that does everything you know rock climbing hiking you know all that sort of stuff it's and i was sitting down with him after i'd after i'd done um after i'd done that trip and i just sort of said to him what because he because he just doesn't seem like the sort of guy that would have a business like that and i said to him how did you start this and he's like mate he goes i was just working my brains out in the finance game and and then i just i, I just need i just went for a bush walk and I sat in the bush and I realised what made my heart tick, what Unreal. made me, what just, he goes, man, if this is me, this mm. is probably most blokes. Yeah. And I said, Without I'm, yeah. I'm going to start a store that encourages people to get out into the wild earth. Yeah, great. You know, embrace it. Yeah. And um, I was like, man, that's me. You know, like, my life's a zoo at the best of times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like kids and, you know, TV stuff and, you know, we produce a TV show and, you know, we've got the charity to run and, you know, Chloe does radio and... It's just, you know... It's hectic. Just juggling. It's, yeah. I feel like the, the guy in the circus sometimes is spinning the plates. Yeah. And he's just spinning that plate, kick that over, run over, spinning that plate, kick that one up, you know. And, yeah. And it's just those quiet times just out in, in nature. 
that I just feel like, man, that's that's what it's about. You know? But isn't it funny? We're all, you know, that like as you said, that Dubai. You know, Dubai is the epitome of opulence. You yeah. know, like you go over there, the, the, the buildings they're building, the place. You know, apparently most of those buildings over there are all empty. Yeah. Um, but the, the money, the wealth, the opulence, it's it's sort of something that everyone craves for and desires, and everyone sort of searches for. But when they get there, it's like, yeah. Well, mate, I, I, I've, I've, I've made a lot of money in my life, and there's times when I've made a lot less money in my life. Mm. And I don't remember the difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, once you've got a nice car, you've got a nice car, you're not going to buy another one. You're not going to buy one every day. Mm. You've got a nice couch, you've got a nice couch. Mm. You know what I mean? The, 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 that joy of getting that thing for that first time, just it's gone. And it, yep. you've got to find something deeper than that. Yeah. And it took me a while. It took me, you know, our, our life now is, is what I invest you know, and I say invest, um, I invest my money in travel with my family mm. because I, I remember as a kid growing up, two amazing experiences I had with my mum and dad. And, and there were two holidays that they took me on. And I just remember them, it's all I remember really. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I, I just, that's, that's where I got their attention, where I got their time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every, I don't remember anything else. Yeah. The good times were, were those moments. So I want to I want to create memories for my kids that they grow up and they go, yeah, I want to do that with my kids. Yeah. And, you know, that's and 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 like, people won't say travel is an investment. It's an investment in my family. It's an investment in my relationships. Uh, that's that's why I, it's critical for me. And I think though a lot of people travel the wrong way. A lot of people travel and they go and just want to stay in this beautiful hotel and eat beautiful food and it's like oh that's all we're doing you know like yeah. but it's it's more than that it's more than the it's place experience. you go and the shopping that you're doing yeah. and it's going and having that time together with whoever you're going with where, yeah. whether it's your partner your family your friends and enjoying time together yeah and if and if you can go away and you can be just as happy in a five-star hotel as in a little caravan going yeah. down somewhere else that's to me is what it's all about. And I'm more happy in the little caravan. Yeah. We did a road trip in an RV down to New, down to um, Avoca uh, last year. It was Great famous. place. Jeez, it was good. Mm. You know, just in the RV. And, mm. uh, yeah, well, I moved up here um, 15 years ago. Moved up went, and and I didn't have a house. And the Titans had a relationship with with the Sheraton Mirage, so they said, "I'll just go and stay there for a week, and you know, get your house sorted and blah blah blah." I remember, I remember, I remember this vividly, man. We we we're sitting in the in sort of like this off little section of the foyer area. We're on our own in this like room and these beautiful couches and and my kids at the time were what ten and fourteen. They're sitting on the, these big couches with their feet up and they're playing. They remember those old PlayStation portables, the yeah, little yeah, PSPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both got one of those and they're they're playing them. Their feet up, and blah blah. And I, I elbowed Chloe. I'm like, look at this. I just, they just, like, this is just a, an expectation of them. Like they're yeah. in a five-star hotel, just. And I said, "Hey, kids." They're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "What do you reckon?" They're like, "Oh yeah." Back to their PSP. You know, yep. it's like, yep. "Oh my man, yep. where's the gratitude?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, bled for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? But, but uh, mate, they've grown into great young adults. Uh, those two kids, and um, you know, they are grateful, and they're they're great kids, and they're. They haven't got kids on the way, do they? No, no. My 24-year-old, I, I don't think it'll be far away until before he gets engaged, but um, he's got a beautiful um, partner and, yeah, they're very serious. They live together and, um, yeah, they've got a great family, so we're, we're pretty close with their family as yeah, well. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I, I think that sort of stuff, you know, he, he went through a pretty tough time. He, he, get, he got signed to Cronulla and sort of didn't work oh, did out. did he? Yeah, and, and he did a lot of pressure. You know, he went to Cronulla with 
his, his Man, grandfather oh, and me and, the and he rocks there. And the, um, the expectations from other people, he comes another Rogers, yeah. he's going to be good. And it was before they'd won the comp too, yeah. so it's like, oh, he's going to be the saviour. Yeah. And it was sort of like, I look back on it now, and I, I sort of thrived on the pressure of me and dad's son, and, and, and I, I, I liked it, to be honest. And, and because I was in that way, I didn't really validate his fear of it. Yeah. And, and I sort of... Because it was, I, it was easy for you, it just yeah. sort of... Yeah. yeah, and I sort of let him down a little bit. I got to say, like I, I don't feel like I was there enough for him in that period. Um, but you know, look, we're great now. We, 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 you know, what's he, what's he doing now? He's in sales. Okay, uh, and you know, it's funny because I was so worried about him, and um, you know, coming out of that, because I just didn't want him to feel like that. My love for him was based upon his success, yeah. his success in or the succession of my career. You know, like just, yeah. I just was ne- like, I didn't, if he didn't play, if he never picked up a football, it wouldn't have bothered me. Um, and I, would have, I wouldn't have loved him any less. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like he wanted to do it, so I was encouraging him to you know, chase it. Um, but when it sort of fell off, I was sort of worried of his, his mental health. I'm like, I, I don't want him to feel like he's failed me or failed the family or anyone, you know? Yeah. So I was a bit concerned about that. And he went off the rails a little bit for a while. But Chloe was always great. Like Chloe and, and Jack have got a great relationship, and you know Chloe was always like, "Listen, he's amazing with people. He's not going to have a problem in life." Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he's very similar to me when it came to his studies. Uh, I think um, school was a was a was a necessary evil for him. He didn't didn't like it, and you know he wasn't. He, I mean, he passed everything, but he wasn't. He wasn't. Wasn't a scholar. Yeah. You know. Um, but he's just good with people and he's smart. He's yeah. got street smarts. And uh, she said he'll be fine. And he's got into sales and he's just braining it. He's just doing great. And, and he's loving it, which is great. And he's, he's got a really good mentor in his life, um, a young fellow who's just done really well and, you know, he's given him books to read and he's embracing that. Yeah, great. He's, you know, just, he's really growing and developing as a person into a really, really, um, you know, I'm just really proud of him. He's a really good now, you, you touched on mental health there for a sec. Yeah. Um, and... You know, for those of people that don't know, your, your dad suffered from mm. depression. Um, and I, I know that you were a little bit worried about it because it, they do say that it can be sort of yeah. hereditary in a way or can sort of... Well, I, I think it just... I mean, I've been through... I've had my moments, man, I tell you. Oh, like, we've all had our moments. Man. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Far out. I mean, I, I had real concerns. Um, you know, my, my, my father committed suicide, but, he, but his brother committed suicide as well. Really? Um, yeah, he, he, he committed suicide probably 15 years before my dad did. So my dad was living with that. How long did your dad have depression for? Oh, mate, it's a few years. It's, it's, you know, probably hit him pretty hard after mum died. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he just never really got out of the hole, you know. And and, and, I, and in terms of the flow-on effect, you know, like my, my brother and I, you know, my brother, you know, he's my best mate. Um, you know, he's a couple of years older than me. And, you know, after dad died you know he tried to commit suicide your brother did yeah and it was just it was just a really really tough time he was in a pretty bad way um my brother and but he thought he was he thought he wasn't Mm. i I think he thought he was okay yeah and 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 in turn like i thought he was okay yeah and and he wasn't but that, that shit catches you when you least expect it, doesn't it? Man, and and you can you. have a good day one day, and then suddenly the next day it is just all Man, turned I, upside I, down. You know, about two, oh, was 18 months ago now, um, I had a, a, you know, one of my really good mates. You know, I met him probably 10 years ago. He's an ex-pro cyclist. And um, his dad committed suicide. And so we sort of committed, we sort of connected, mm. you know, through another professional cyclist friend of mine. And we just became really good mates. And, 
you know, I spent a bit of time in Melbourne at one point and, um, you know, hanging out with him and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And anyway, I was in Melbourne 18 months ago and just hanging out there and he was just telling me, you know, I'm really struggling. And I'm like, mate, just, he said, we've got to talk. I said, yeah, let's just talk all the time, right? Talk all the time. I came home and two days later he killed himself. Oh, fuck. And it just sent me on a real, in a real, put me in a real bad headspace because mm. I felt like I didn't talk to him enough. But it was just after I'd come back and I thought, yeah. I, I thought we we're going to talk in a few days. Like, but it was straight away. I didn't realize how bad he was. Yeah. And um, yeah, it put some bad, well, when I want to say bad thoughts in my head, it wasn't like I, I, I wanted to, to kill myself. It was, it, was, it was just like, wow, if that can happen to him like that, that can happen to me. And then it took me back to the time with my dad. And then, I mean, I, I took myself, well, I was in a bad way and I was just worried about me. So I'm like jumping all over the place. And Chloe said, so Chloe rang all my mates. She goes, I'm worried about him. So my, probably one of my, my best mates from my footy days lives in U, the US with his family. He put his whole family on a plane. They flew straight out here. Unreal. Spent two weeks here with me. And uh, I, I went and got some help professionally. And, you know, the ultimate sort of, I guess, end, end of the story was that the, the doctor's like, mate, you, you're good. He goes, but you've just had a traumatic event that's brought up all this other stuff from your past. Mm. He goes, just keep, you know, just be aware, and, and if you start to feel, you know, anything, just, you know, you gotta go see a GP. And, yeah. and it's really important that, because because here's the thing, man, like, at, at that point, like if Chloe didn't pick up on it, like I wouldn't have said anything, because mm. I, I, I didn't know what, what was going on with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think when you're in that hole, it's so hard and so important as friends to just keep your eye on your mates, because yeah. at, at that point, like in my dad's darkest hour, he wasn't going to pick the phone up and ring his mate and go, yeah, no. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to kill myself tonight. No. no. You know what I mean? Like it's just not going to happen. No. So it's, it's just, it's... But even, uh, the, the thing is, and you, you're 100% correct on that, but also you're correct on even when you're starting to feel bad, you're not going to yeah. ring up your mates and, and yeah. say it. We don't want to be, you know, say, oh, you don't want to be a burden. Dog. Yeah. It's exactly right. So yeah. I don't want to annoy them with this crap. Yeah. And then you make just case, mate, oh, come on. Snowballs. Yeah. But that, that's where, that's why I love that are you okay, you know, the are you okay, and, and like, like campaign that runs about, about mental health. So it's like, there's an are you okay day, and people just sort of like ask it yeah, flippantly and that. Yeah. But we've all got mates where you can generally go, mate, are you yeah, okay? Absolutely, yeah. But are you really okay? Like, yeah. And I've had to like, seen some stuff on social media where I've just got straight on the phone to mate. I've mate, done the same, is, yeah. Is everything all right? Yeah, I've just gone, what? Like, are you, you just you, see some of those posts from people yeah, and just go, geez. And I'm just like, man. Yeah. So I think it's really important as, as mates, you know, like to be just so vigilant on that and just, just sort of understanding some of the, some of the signs, yeah. you know what I mean? I think it's, it's for, for those of, of us, and I'll and I put me in the category now, that are healthy mentally, you know what I mean? It's, it's really important. You know, as a as as a mate, mate mateship group, like you know, with your circle of friends, that you sort of all know each other well enough to know if, if something's a little bit off, mm. and and have the courage to say, "Man, is everything good? Yeah. Can I help?" Yeah. Like you know. And I, I think a, a big thing too, a big thing too, Maddie, is the person themselves. They have to talk about it. Yeah. You know, like I, I suffered sexual trauma as a kid. Yeah. And what I found has helped me go through, you know, this, the, the, the depression that comes as a result and all that sort of places where you go, you know, dark places in your, in your head, 
it helps because I talk about it. Yeah. And I talk about, I, I can freely talk about it on my podcast. I can freely talk about it to people. Um, it's, like, like, it's like taking a weight off your shoulder. Man, right? totally. It's like, you're, but you're helping yourself. Yeah, it's like, oh man. And like, when, I, when I was going through that crap and, um, and my mate came out and then, you know, I had buddies ringing me. I mean, my phone just went berserk. Well, it just lit up, you know, and I was just like, man, people actually care for one. And, and then when I sat down with my mate from the US and he's like, mate, tell me what's going on, you know, like, and I just sort of told him everything and he's like, mate, he's like, I can't believe you, you, you're dealing with all that on your own. Mm. And, and I think as, as guys, we sometimes do that. We just feel like we just keep, t- you just keep loading stuff on yeah. without dealing with the stuff underneath. Yeah. And it just, you know, you're going to overflow, you know, and, and that, that was sort of where I was at, you know, so... Yeah, I was glad that um, my wife, you know, she, she sort of picked up on some things and was like, this isn't good. Started ringing people mm. and, 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 you know, forced me to go to the GP. Um, went to the GP, told him what, what had gone down. He goes, yeah, mate, I want you to go and speak to some people. Mm. So I went and saw a psychologist for a few appointments and, yep. you know, we dug out a bit of stuff. And, and, it's um, good to talk. You know, mate, it's so good it, to talk. It is, it is. And, mate, I, I, I'd actually, like, I was talking to my wife about this you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like at the point now where our life gets so busy and, and so full and we're doing this, that and the other that you can sometimes just forget things and, and, and something will creep up and it'll trigger something or whatever. I'm like, it's almost like, um, you know, just doing a, doing a quarterly like check-in with mm. the psychologist to go, man, this yeah. is what's going on in my life. Mm. I'm not feeling great or whatever or, you know, or I'm feeling great but... You know, I can see some stuff on the horizon and just sort of clearing the decks yeah. a little bit. You, you you know? Look, it's the same. It's no different to taking your car in for a tuna yeah. or, or going to the gym. And yeah. look, we look after our body yeah. and we make sure we go to the gym every day or yeah. three times a week or yeah. whatever. But we're not looking after our, our mind and our head every day or every week. Yeah. You know, and you let it get to a point that's three, four, five, six months down the track and suddenly you have a blowout. And yeah. You go, oh, fuck. Yeah. Why did that happen? Yeah. And, and I think if you do, if you, if you are prepared to sort of do that and deal with it, mm. then you're sort of more equipped to to help your mates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and after going, you know, and, and seeing a psychologist and chatting through some stuff. It really put me in just this amazing headspace where, where like, I was telling everyone, all my mates, mate, you've got to go see this guy. Yeah. Mate, he's gonna, you're going to come out of there like brand new. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're dealing with yeah. that? No, don't worry about that. I'm telling you, go to this guy. He'll, yeah. deal, he'll deal with all that and more, yeah. and you're going to come out feeling a bit it's, it's the same as when you find a good mechanic for your car. Yeah. You tell <laughs> your mates, you go, dude, yeah, send, send, so go and true. get your car there. So true, man. That is so true. You know, and yeah, I, th- it's just, I, I like what you're doing. You're bringing awareness to it. Like, you you were the ambassador for Movember. Are you yeah, still I was that? a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't do any more ambassadorial roles with any other charities now because it just... All your not, time's not that I taken up with the... because you know with four ASD kids, our charity. I don't, yeah. I don't want to sort of not muddy the waters, but just dilute the water. Yeah, you know what I mean. Enough. Like we want the the, the, yeah. the the. There's so many good charities out there that do, they're doing amazing stuff. You know, November's mm. great. You know, Living's great. You know, Beyond Blue. Like they're all they're all doing great stuff, and and I support all of them 100. percent But I just can't give up. You've only got so much yeah, time. There's, there's yeah, there's only so much of me. And, yeah. and one thing I don't want to do is 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 stress myself out and put me into a into a position where my mental health is at risk by supporting yeah. <laughs> charities that you know are about people's mental health you yeah. know and and um, you know it's a big job we've got a big responsibility with what we do with our charity you know we fund children into programs if I don't raise the money that we need then I've got to ring a family and go you know what you got to take your kid out of that mm. program because we can't afford to pay it anymore yeah and those and programs just, are expensive aren't they exp- yeah some of them are very yeah. expensive so you know and and that's just a non-negotiable for me so it's it's really important that we, we remain vigilant on, on that stuff. 
Um, but look, at the end of the day, you know, I'll, I'll show up to functions and you know, do whatever, and you know, I'll pop up here and there at, at all different sorts of charities. But our, our real goal, because I think I think you know, charities are really important in this country. And one of the things when Max was diagnosed and there was no funding for the program that he needed to go into. We could afford it, but there were so many families that couldn't. Mm. And I remember when we started the charity, people go, "Why don't you? Why don't you lobby the government?" I'm like, "We are, but but that's going to take time. Mm. And right now, people are suffering mm. and they're hurting because they can't get the help they need for their child. Yep. If I don't do something, who's going to do it? Mm. Like, I'm, and, and, and it overwhelms yeah. too many parents. I'm not, it? Yeah, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm in a position where I can help, so yeah. I'm going to help, and yeah. I'm not going to sit back and whinge about what's not getting done because yeah. I can actually do something. You know, and that was a real, you know, tough time for us because we were dealing with stuff with Max as well. But we just figured, man, we, he, he jumped a two-year wait list to get into the school that he got into. Two-year wait list because all the parents on that wait list before Max couldn't afford to put their children into that program. Unreal. And after three months of Max being in that program, our son started talking to us again. And yep. we got our son back and we... He was engaged with the family, yeah. and we just sat here, and Chloe was in tears thinking about the other families. That couldn't afford that it. That couldn't afford it. Mm. And their kids are still little zombies walking around their house. Yeah. That they don't, and she's like, we're, we're, we're going to go raise, raise money and help all those families. Yeah. So how, how, much, how much of your time does, does, does the charity take? Oh, mate, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty much the, the focus, like it, it's, is that sort of your focus of what you do it's, now? It's who, it's what we do. Yeah. Um, it would take up fifty percent of my time. Okay. Yeah, 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 easy. Like it's it's a solid fifty percent, probably a little bit more. But we've got. Oh, I've just we've just sort of um, we've we've just sort of put a new board together, and you know, for years it was sort of pretty much just Chloe and I. Yeah. And I partner up with some pretty pretty influential people now that are, that are sitting on on the board of Four ASD Kids now that can just add weight and amplify all the stuff that we were doing before. Yeah. Um, so Joe and Renee Ingalls, who are you know great friends of ours, from they, he, Joe plays for the Utah Jazz. Um, they sit on our board now and, and you know they've done, I mean they did an activation last year for four ASD kids when the Jazz played the Lakers. And all the players wore four ASD kids shoes oh, and they auctioned them yeah. off. And yeah. It's like 150 grand on the day. Yeah. You know? Like it was just amazing and they're just amazing people. So to have, and, you know, a good friend of mine, Rob Bell, who, you know, he was a um, bit of a high flyer in the digital media world and owned a big media company and sold that. And he's like, oh, I just want to give back. Let me help you out. And I mean, he came up with the concept to, to create our TV show called Maxing Out, which is, you know, basically, you know, a, a loose story, a loose journey of, of our journey with Max. You know, we take people, we put people through this big challenge. But, it, but we tell the story of Max along the way. It's like in the beginning when we got the diagnosis with Max, yeah. it's like, how did you feel? It's like, oh, we're terrified. So we got, you know, we'll challenge someone, hey, do you want to do this? How do you feel? I'm terrified. terrified. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then we start taking baby steps from getting to the point where they can achieve what we're trying to get them to achieve and they start to grow in confidence and they yeah, see great. some benefit in the work that they're doing mm. and then they achieve the goal and they're just amazed. And that was our journey with Max, mm. you know what I mean? So we've sort of told a story in a loose sort of way through this TV show and it, and it gives us, a, a, I guess, a, a footprint, before I think it gives us a footprint on national TV. Yeah. You know, so. Do you, do you see that, I mean, obviously you, you, you've been a footy player, you've been a footy star, you've been a dancing with the yeah. stars star. <laughs> <laughs> I said that's out. We take that out, sorry, <laughs> take that out. Um, you've been on Survivor twice. 
Um, do you see all these things that you do now as really just additions to help promote and sort of really keep 4ASD kids relevant, in, relevant and out there? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's the only, it's, I mean, that's why I've done those reality shows, yeah. um, is to be able to, you know, put 4ASD kids on that pedestal mm. because that's our passion. You know, there, there are so many, it's, it's hard, man. You raise an autistic kid, it's hard. Yeah. And there's no two, there's, there's no sugar coat in it. It's yeah. hard, and it's hard a lot. So how, how how much has he improved since going through the therapy and stuff yeah. that you, you fought hard to, to yeah. get for him? How much? How, how so, much so Max did four hours a day, yeah. five days a week of one-on-one therapy, sitting here like me and you, yeah. four hours a day from the age of two and a half oh. to five and a half, three years of it. Yeah, you mentioned that. Like yeah. it'd be hard as an adult, yeah. let alone a two yeah. and a half year old kid, but. But it was like he thrived on the ability, the, 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 I guess the, his capacity to learn was there, but it was like he needed to be taught a different way. So he needed it. Yeah. And, and, it, and it helped him. I'm assuming he's not, at, he's not at school or he's yeah, at school? Yeah, no, he's at school. Is he's at school? Yeah, he's at okay. school. He's at, he catches the bus to school on his okay. own now. Yeah. And um, he's at high school. Was and, he having difficulties at school oh, in, yeah, in, yeah. in a group? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. as I said, I, I teach a few kids with, with the martial arts and yep. I've got some kids that are on the spectrum, you know, to, various levels yeah. and some kids that do not do well in, in a classroom environment yeah. yeah you know and they're having they're having doctors and parents tell them okay well yep you know we've we've got to do this they're, they're outside of the norm and all this sort of bullshit yeah. but they come into my class with me and they thrive they engage, yeah, and yeah. i said your kid is just different it, yeah, yeah. It, they they don't thrive with a group of 25 yeah. 30 other kids well max at max Max doesn't thrive in that environment. Mm. I don't think um, a lot of kids thrive in that environment. But I, but I'll tell you, like if Max is passionate, if Max is passionate about something, mm. he's he's locked into it and he's engaged and he'll learn. And he'll learn more than you could learn. Like he'll learn more in a day than you can learn in a week. Well, that's one of like the things with autistic fo- kids, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, they're amazing. They're like he loves gardening. Yeah, he knows more stuff about his garden. And right. Like I did, he asked me a question. I'm like Max. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> you know the answer. He's yeah. like, yeah, I do, but I just want you to tell me if I'm right. Yeah. I'm like, well, we'll Google it. Yeah. You know? yeah. So he's like, I already did that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he 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 thrives in his own way. Yeah. In in, in very different to his sister. Mm. You know, his sister is is very social. His sister um, loves being in, you know, around a friend in the team. You know, when, when Max went to school, when, when went to mainstream school, like he had a carer with him, like a, or a, 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 like a teacher's aide that helped him through school and stuff. But but he's now in mainstream school, and like today, you know, he's got a, a written PE test that he's studying for last night, and you know, he's he's doing good. You know, yeah. like he's he's certainly not at the same um, learning abilities as. Um, or not not the same capabilities. I won't say learning abilities because he learns more quicker, better than other kids. But if he's not interested in it, yeah, he, he's not going to learn it. Yeah, yeah, like it's just the way he's wired. But, but you know what? That's I, I don't mind that. That's a lot of kids. And and see, see, I'm I'm, I'm like, was speaking to the dean of students from when I was at the Southport School. He's now at Bond Uni, and I'm talking to a, to him about a friend of mine's kid coming there from the US to go to, to university there, and he was my first 15 coach at TSS. And we're just talking about the way kids learn and stuff and develop. And you know, back when we were at school, it was one size fits all, mate. Yeah, it was. You're, you're doing yeah. what everyone does. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, you know, he goes, I look back at those times and I shake my head. He goes, mm. we sit you in a classroom, in a physics classroom, mm. with a guy who's gonna get a straight A, and we expect you to get the same. Mm. 
but we'd never expect that kid to go and stand on the football field and, and have a hundred kilo second row. <laughs> yeah. You know, so why is that? Like, yeah. why can't? And, but I think the education department has gotten better with understanding the differences in learning capabilities and passions and that for kids, and they're starting to do things now that keep kids in school longer because they, there's avenues for them to learn differently. And Max, you know, that, that, like Max is at Miami uh, High School, and they are great. I mean, the avenues that they've got for those kids there are in Max's, you know, situation, just phenomenal. Like they've, they've, they've built, they've got a whole garden at that school now that Max is in charge of. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So Max is doing the garden, they're yeah, gonna grow produce it. in there and they're gonna sell yeah. it in Miami markets. Yeah. You know, just giving the kids something to, to learn and work on that they feel like, uh, you know, they're contributing and they're, they're actually doing something worthwhile, you know? They're not just sitting in a classroom and with an aid and not really learning anything. They're actually doing real well, tangible this, stuff. That's that's what that's what battles mental yeah. health, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, and we talk about guys like your dad, guys that get older that commit suicide. I've, I've got to think that a lot of that reason has to feel like they, they're not they're not in the zone. They're not in the zone anymore. No, they're, they're, not. they're not fulfilling. They're not being a, maybe a, a part of the community where they could be. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and, I, you know and that's the funny thing, right? Because my dad, my dad was the CEO of the club that he loved and played for mm. when he committed suicide. Like he was the CEO of Cronulla, our club. You know, but, like, but there was something empty there yeah, for yeah. him. Yeah, I know. And, and, and it, it's just like, there's got to be more to life than you got to find that thing. you got to find your thing. you got to find yeah. it. And, you know, whether it's, like, I love competition. Yeah. You know, like, I love, I love competition. So I started doing triathlons. I started riding a bike. And I started, you know, back playing golf now. I just, I love, I love it fires me up. Competition fires me up, you know. Like, win, lose, or draw, I'll, I'll walk away feeling good that I've freaking given it everything. Mm. And, you know, I feel good about myself, you know, that I've had a crack at something. Um, uh, if, if I didn't have that in my life, I, I don't know how I'd be. Like, I really don't. Uh, for 18 months, I did nothing when I retired. And after 18 months, I thought, oh, man, I'm not in a good place here. I've got to find something to do. Mm. When you go from 17 years of training every day, you know, twice a day some days, to, like, nothing, like, the endorphins in your body, your whole yep. body is just... Body changes. changes big time. Okay, but what about also the, the adulation and the respect you got from fans and crowds? Because that suddenly... Gone. It's gone. Yeah, you know. Well, um, I think that was probably an issue with my dad. Okay, I really do. Yeah, he, he, you know, because um, that's got to be hard. It's it's a it's a it's a big endorphin rush, man. Yeah, when you're standing in front of eighty thousand people and yep. chanting your name, and yep. you, know, you run off the field. Control, everyone wants to touch. Just, everyone yeah. wants to, you to sign something. It's a yeah, it's, it's something that's you, you can't take that lightly to think that you know you can have that and then it's all gone. Mm. And you look at like. You look at ACDC, Angus Young can't let it go. No. He's still playing, mate. He's still out there playing. He looks yeah. like death warmed up, but he's yeah. still out there playing. You know? yeah. And I, I, it, it's hard to let it go. Yeah. It is hard. And that's why some players can't. I was in a position where I felt I was really happy to walk away from it. You yeah. know, I'd, I'd done it for 17 years and I was ready to walk, you know, like I was ready to retire. Um, but so many players, they don't get the, they don't have the career like I had where they can, they get the choice, they get told. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. We don't want you anymore. Yeah. That's, that's, that would be hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was more than happy. They, I mean, they offered me another contract. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I beat this body up too much. Man, and you, you have had sticky, some injuries, haven't you? You tape and tattoos holding me together nowadays. But, um, you have had some injuries. Had some, had some shockers, but 
I never, I never had any, any, you know, I never had any, I had one injury that sort of kept me out for three quarters of the season, but mm. pretty much all the injuries I had, I was able to deal with in the off season and get back out there. Yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, that wasn't. Um, have they have they messed you up the injuries? Like, are they plaguing uh, you now? A little bit. Yeah, there's a yeah. few. There's a few. Like my neck plays up a little bit. I had a disc replacement in my neck, so that, that sort of plays up a little bit from time to time. My neck, my left knee's pretty average. Um, my left shoulder's pretty average. <laughs> They've both been reconstructed and all sorts of things. But didn't you do an ankle as I well? Stay, if I stay healthy, right? If yeah. I if I ride a bike, yeah, um, it keeps my quads strong enough to be able to run a bit. Yeah. So I like, I, you know, I like staying healthy and, yeah. and I like riding my bike. It's zero but you, you also went through the era as well where players didn't, you know, and same as your dad, where players didn't look after themselves nah, off well, the field as well. back end of my career, it was sort of like, the back end of my career, last four years of my career, like I didn't drink during the season yeah. at all. Um, you know, maybe had one or two beers throughout yeah. the season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly no saint, but, um, you know, in the off season, I enjoyed myself and, you know, let my hair down a little bit. But... Um, yeah, the back end of my career, it really, certainly started to gear towards, you know, really looking after yourself. And you look at the guys nowadays, like, I mean, you look at Cameron Smith, you look at Paul Gallen, like these guys, they, they complain to their mid to late 30s because mm. they've looked after themselves, you yeah. know, they've done the right thing. They get thing. the right treatment, they're and doing the right And I think one stuff. of the most important things nowadays with, with this generation coming through is understanding the difference between then and now mm. and understanding what it takes now. Um, I was in a, in a fortunate position where I lived through both of those eras and and seeing the difference is, is amazing. But but the, the the toughest thing for these younger players is is a lot of the players that they look up to didn't do what they need to do now. Mm, yeah. So they look at you know I mean if you, if you if you if if my dad was your hero, you 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 would do exactly the opposite of what he did during his career. Yeah. <laughs> but if he was your hero and you're like, I love Steve Rogers and you heard the stories about what he was like and yeah. what he did, it'd be the worst thing you could do for your career. Yeah. So it's sort of like a, it's a tough situation and a lot of those older players are tied up in administrative parts of the game and all that sort of stuff and you know, the, the drinking culture is a big thing in rugby league yep. and yeah, it's, um, it's tough for, for young players because they're getting told one thing but they're seeing another. They're seeing something else, yeah. And, and we know, same with kids. Yep. You can tell kids all you like but it's, it's, it's what you do in yeah. front of them and how you behave yeah. and what they see you do because they will copy that. What, what, what's, what is the saying? Don't, don't, don't do as I say, not as I do. Well, well that one, it's like, um, oh, there's a saying about, uh, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll, it'll come to me, it'll come to me. It's something about, you know, don't, your, your words, your actions, your actions, oh, that's it, your actions speak so loud I don't even hear what you say. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, true. And, and that's, you know, we had an issue, you know, um, with our club. I won't say, won't name the club, but it was a club I played for. And, you know, they were so big on players doing this and that and the other, but, but all the administration would do the, would do the opposite. It's like, mm -hmm. mate, and, and it was a young roster, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, these guys aren't hearing a word you're saying because you, they're seeing everything that you do and this, that those words mean nothing, mm. you know, and it's so important to, to get that side of things right, mate, just, you know. Yeah, people do what you do, not do what you say. And especially when these young footballers are coming through, they're so impressionable. Oh, mate, and you know what? They're, they're so at risk too. Yeah, they're so at risk. There's so many pitfalls in the game. There's, you know, people getting around you, and and you know the, the the leeches that are in the game, and the just oh, mate, it's scary. You know, and 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 friends. You know, when you make it, 
you know, the, the, you got the, more friends the, that are that yeah. are on the outside, and they're like they want to get in, and yeah. it's sort of like, you know, and then then there's a pressure from those friends. Oh, you've changed. It's like, well, I have to change <laughs> because if I keep living like you, I'm yeah. going to be where you are. Yeah. So you either accept it yeah. and and mature and come with me, mm. or you're not going to be my friend anymore. Yeah, you know, like, and I had to draw. I had to cut a heap of dead weight throughout my career that was just bad. Mm. You know, and and, and I, I used to hate that one because you've changed. So well, I hope I have. Because if I don't, I'm not going to get to where I want to go, mm. you know. And I was lucky I had, you know, ET in my early years, you know, as a bit of a mentor. And he was just a, in terms of his, his ability to... And that's to do Andrew, Andrew Eddinghausen, for those people that don't yeah, know who he is. For the, the ability for him to do the right things off the field in those early years of my career mm. and, and, the, and, and play hard. And some of the things he told me in those early days, I'll never forget it. I remember him saying to me, it doesn't matter what's happening off the field if it's not getting, if it's not getting done on the field. Mm. You know, like you can, you can want sponsorship deals, you can want this, you can want that, and you can get those deals. But unless it's, unless it's happening on the field, mate, that all, that all means nothing, mm. you know. And just even timing, you know, around, you know, taking five grand for this and, and, and what's that going to do for you? You know, like all of a sudden you've got all these commitments to this company and like, do you really need that money? And do you mm. really need the pressure that comes with taking that deal? Mm. You know, and just, it made me really aware of, of not just the game, but everything around it, having him in my life in those early years. And it stood me in really good stead for the back end of my career. He retired after, oh, I played with him for five years. He retired, you know, I had another 12 years. And I, and I really feel like those early years set a really good platform and, and maturity for me to, to pick and choose the right things to do, to put my name to, to, you know, like, I mean, I, I could have done, you know, 50 more deals, mm. you know, with, you know, third party, but it would have, it just would have put so much more yeah. pressure on me yep. to deliver. It's like, even now, you know, these days, you, know, you get a few people on Instagram following you and all of a sudden it's like, oh, mate, can I give you this? And I'm like, yeah. man, I don't want it. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I really don't want it. You can keep your shirt. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay for it if I want one. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to just pay for one. Yeah. And, oh, mate, can you do this? And can you promote this? I'm like, nah, I can't. Yeah. I just, you know, like, I'll, it's just so critical that, you know, I, I keep my life as streamlined as I can without all those pressures so that anything that I do do, one, I have this thing, one, it's got to benefit me. Mm. Like I'm not gonna, and it sounds selfish, but I won't do it unless I can do something that's gonna benefit them. Mm. And if I'm not prepared to do that thing that's gonna benefit them, then I'm not gonna do it for me. Okay. Because it's just, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth the headache. It's not worth the pressure. I've got yep. too much stuff going on with my kids and my wife and our charity and, and business that it's just, I don't want to cloud, I don't want to cloud that space. But this is, this is, this isn't just you, this isn't just you, this is, this is everyone, I think. Mm. This is, this is everyone's problem with life. Yeah. We, we crowd it so much, we try and put so much into it, we put added pressure on ourselves that we need to do this, do that, do this, get this happening, make sure we've got those things happening, we've got to have that car, we've got to have that house, now mm. we need more money, now we need this job. Yeah. And we don't take that time out, like you said, like you said, to go, go to the beach and yep. hang out and just be quiet. Be quiet, yeah. just have a bit of nothing. Now, it's, taken me a, it's taken me a while, man, it's taken me, I man, think that's our journey, man. It takes us all a while. Like I'm it took me a few years into retirement just sort of to start to work that out. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, we, we I mean, we're in a pretty nice house here. I mean, we're sitting in my one of my rooms, and it's a nice house. I mean, I could go and buy a bigger house, but I think why? 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 You go why? And buy a bigger car? I've got, go. uh, yeah, I know. I've got, a, I've got, I've got more than enough bedrooms. I've got a few living rooms, and I've got a nice yard. I'm like, yeah. well, 
I could go and buy a bigger house. And, yeah. and we were even, you know, we were talking about it at the start of the year, this year, when like Chloe wants, was, wanted to go and buy land and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, I like the thought of it. I like the thought of, you know, on a day, sitting out, you know, on, you know in the property and just yeah. having a coffee. <laughs> then I think, well, I'm going to become a taxi for my kids because they're going to be miles away from anyone. Yeah. I'm going to be mowing lawns 24-7. Yeah. I'm going to be, you know, and, and I just, I've just got to put everything into perspective. Yeah. And, you know, we love our life right now. And, and I feel like it's just, it's in, it's, we're in the sweet spot. Our kids are going great. Things are moving along really well. And I, and I feel like it's from a lot of mistakes I made early mm. that I've learned from that, because I've had the bigger house and I've had the, the bigger cars and I've done all that. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm trying to impress you, mm. you know, because the, the, the shine wears it's off. It's just, you're just swinging dicks with everyone else. Oh, it's mate, like, who's it's got just the bigger one? And hey, this is. And some of the stuff I see on social media, I just laugh. I shake my head and go, "You wanker!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and one of the things I really try and do is I try and declutter my life. Oh. You know, not not just in the, the the shit that's in my house. But the stuff that's in my personal life, yeah. the stuff that I do, yeah. I try and I try and reduce yeah. and, and and make it more sim- you know simple. And I'm always reminded of a quote from from Bruce Lee, who's talked about the daily. It, he said, "It's not about the daily increase; it's about the daily decrease." Yeah, it's it's getting rid of that extra shit to lighten your load, you know, and to really enjoy yourself. I'll tell you a funny story about that. So, um, so I you know. I have this rule now in, in my wardrobe. Mm. If I get a new shirt, one's got to go. Okay, yeah. Right? Because I, like, I just end up with too much clothes, yeah. right? So, so I'm at a point where my wardrobe is just like overflowing. Yeah. And then I watch this show, The Minimalist. Have you seen the, no. the documentary, The no, Minimalist? No, I haven't. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's about that. Yeah. It's, it's about these guys were high-flying executives in San Fran and like, you know, late 20s. And they were just, they were best mates, and one of them was just like, mate, I quit my job. And he's like, what, what? He said, yeah, I just quit my job, I'm done. I'm getting out of this, it's just too much. And he, and he, and he cut down to like, he's got two pairs of jeans, three shirts, one jacket, and two pairs of shoes, one pair of shorts, that's his life. Wow. And then just travels, travels around the US, yeah. and all around the world actually, just telling people about this minimalist lifestyle yeah. where you got, if you've got too much, and you've got to make decisions on everything all the time. <laughs> yep. And it's painful. Yep. And, th- and that's what I was like going into my wardrobe. I'd stand there and I'd look at my clothes and I'm like, what am I going to wear today? No, oh, no, I don't want to wear that. And it just drove me insane, right? So I'm like, and I was at that point and I watched this documentary and then I'm like, right, I'm going to clear out my cupboard. I threw out everything. Yeah. And then like two weeks later, I'm going, well, where's that <laughs> shit? <laughs> where's that shit? <laughs> so don't. It's like going shopping when you're hungry. Don't do that. Yeah. So um, don't watch the minimalist if you've got stuff and you like have it clean out first. Then watch it. And then you might clean a little bit more stuff out. <laughs> but, uh, don't throw everything out because it's a mistake I made. But um, man, that that was the other reason that I love Survivor. I woke up every day. I knew exactly what I was going to eat. I knew exactly what I was going to wear. I, they were decisions I didn't have to make. Yeah. And you, and you think like you're really worried about those decisions? Well, when you've got a thousand other decisions you've got to make that actually yeah. mean something. They, they, they bug the crap out of me, decisions like that. Like, it's just sort of like, I don't want to have to decide, I just want to- And, and what did you eat on Survivor? Rice and beans. That's yeah, because how, how much weight did you lose on Survivor? Uh, 13 kilos the first time. Yeah. And uh, nine kilos the second time. Unreal. I didn't think I had 13 kilos to lose, but I did. I lost it. When in 86 came out at 73. Rice and beans. 30 days. Man, and water, and just drank water. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was good. It was a real. Was, so I, what I was it? Tell you, like having just rice and beans. So it's a full vegan diet. Like yeah. no, no um, sugars, no anything, no preservatives, and like you, you see photos that they take during the show, and they get sent to us, and you, you see after like a week, the white of your eyes are whiter than you've ever seen. The yeah. colours, no, like you just see like the difference in your skin. Everything is just so much better. Just staying away from the shit. Yes. Yeah. And it's just. You know, convenience, man. Convenience is killing us. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you reckon, like, Survivor? Would you do it again? I'd do it again. Yeah? Yeah, I'd do it again. If they, if they rang me in a few years' time and said, oh, look, we're doing a, you know, heroes versus villains and we want you to come back yeah. or something, I'd do it You again. get better at the manipulation, don't you, each I think show? You just, I think you just get, um, you just understand the game and you're just prepared to, do, to, to be more of a rat bag, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, 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 and when you do it with players that have played before, it, there's no hard feelings. Okay, yeah. Everyone goes, ah, you got me. Because I mean, a lot of people friends. must take it personally when they uh, the first, in the first time. Side, first series I played, they did. Yeah, yeah, so definitely did. Yeah, it took a little, uh, it took a little while to get over that one with a few people. Yeah. Like not for me, I was fine, but I, I sort of, <laughs> I burned a few people and they weren't very happy afterwards. <laughs> so, and why did they call you the Godfather? Uh, just because I, because you were the oldest. I was a bit of a leader yeah. in the in my tribe, and we got, and I was sort of calling the shots, and yeah, yeah I was just voting people out. That's right. And I'd tell them that like. Actually, I got, I got in trouble actually in my first series because they, like someone, like there's this guy, you know, Sam, I sort of told him I was going to vote out and then, then another guy, Robbie, comes up and he goes, are you going to vote me out? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but you got all afternoon to change it. We're going to trouble council tonight, do your best. Yeah. Voted him out. And then the, the next day after that trouble council, the producer comes up to me like behind the scenes and they said, oh look, Matt, can we have a chat? And I'm like, yeah. And I said, can you stop telling people you're going to vote him out? And I'm like, why? I just don't like lying. If yeah. they ask me, I'm going to tell them. Yeah. Like, yeah, but it sort of doesn't flow with the game. Like, <laughs> what? That's good. Like, if they're good enough, they know they're going. Yeah. If they're good enough, they can change it. Yeah, start you know? working on and stuff. Anyway, to make so sure. I, I wasn't allowed to tell people. I was, yeah, so I had to stop telling people I was going to vote them out. What, what, but, a, what, uh, a, what an interesting concept of a show, though. And it's been running, what, 20 years? Eight, 20 years. 40 episodes in the US. Yeah, 40, 40 seasons, sorry. So they do two a year in the US. And it's... It's it's actually gone gangbusters over here now that they've they sort of what they did that champ my first season was champions versus contenders and what they did is they brought in a few people with a bit of profile not everybody in my in, in the champions tribe had a profile mm. they were champions in their field so we had an astrophysicist we had a barrister you know we had a poker player we had myself we had Commando Steve you know Lydia Lasalia the Olympic ski jumper so there was a few people with a bit of profile but what that did was uh, Brian Lake who you know played for Hawthorne won premierships with them. It engaged a different demographic to watch the show. Mm. Like, I want to see how this guy goes in this show. So they, they doubled their viewership. Interesting. I think they were having like 400,000, 450,000 in season two. And then in season three, they had over 800,000 viewers per episode. And then in season four, they, they were topping over a million per episode, watching per episode, which is huge, you know, for here in Australia. Mm. So... Um, they did. They, they, the, the survivor tragics hated it. They're like, "Oh, this is not fair." This is not normal people. I'm like, "How am I not normal?" Just because yeah. I was good at footy, like, yeah, yeah. give me a break. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but but you know, for the production team, they were stoked because it's like, you know, the, the audience numbers are going through the roof. So yeah. They're all about selling advertising. So absolutely, that's what it's all about. about, about. It. Yeah, they want eyeballs on it. Yeah, because so, yeah, when was that actually done? That was. So it's that, only just aired recently. Well, aired at the end of last year. Yeah. But we I mean. Oh, sorry, Ed, yeah, earlier this year, um, in March. Um, just before? We, we were finished in October last year. Okay, and yeah. Ed, just before COVID. Yeah, yeah, just before COVID, yeah, yeah. So is that 
It goes for a few weeks, doesn't it? It goes for, goes for uh, you know, five weeks. Okay. Yeah. Well, when you're in the show, it's yeah. 50 days. Okay. Yeah, you're in there for 50 days if you last to the end. Yeah. I lasted, I think, 27 the first, second time, 36 the first time. Okay. And speaking of COVID, it looks like it's getting close to Mate, restrictions been, being lifted. Yeah, it's been tough, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean it's re- been really tough for us. Mm. I mean, we've really had to put the handbrakes on any more funding that we're dishing out because we don't know when we can do events again oh, yeah, to be true. able to raise money yep. To, yep. to support any more kids. So we wanted to make sure that we could contribute to the kids that we've already mm. you know, promised. And it's heartbreaking because we get a lot of emails, you know, it's like, oh, we need help. I'm like, oh, you know, I'd love to be able to help you, but I just can't. I can't yeah. do anything right now. We've, we've, the money that we've got, is allocated to the people that were already because mm. like, we haven't been able to raise any money. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll kick things off on November 6th with our first event. We're going to do a golf day. Put it in the diary, Dave. Put it in the diary. Um, need an MC for the lunch too. I'll so be there. You're there. Yep. Um, and, mate, it's... Um, yeah, it's still about five months. It's, yeah, so, it's, like, it's a long way away, yeah. man. So, we, we, I mean, we're not making any money, I mean, for the charity. I mean, we don't... I mean, we don't have any overheads, but I mean, we've, we've, our overheads are the kids mm. that we support. Um, it just it just stops the momentum, doesn't it? it stops yeah, the momentum. Yeah, and, and it's important. I mean, we've done a few virtual things. We, we work with a with an organisation in Brisbane called Peak Sports and Spine, which is a it's a it's a hype, it's a physiotherapist sort of. Yeah, they're just great great crew, but they do a lot of event type stuff, and they've, they've put on a virtual run, which is on October one. What do you do? Oh, October second. Run in your laundry. Well, you just run wherever. Yeah. And you upload it. It's like a virtual okay. run festival. Yeah. And we're we're their um, charity partner. Um, I'm trying to put together an online raffle um, at the moment because I can do that. And I've got mm. a couple of things that you know I might be able to sort of chuck in there. But yeah, other than that, man, it's been pretty quiet. It's, so it's been yeah. tough. It's yeah, tough. It's been tough. And 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 just sort of to you know obviously COVID. But then to link the other stuff that we've been talking about, obviously it makes it really hard if you've got an autistic kid at home trying to Mate. you know, keep them engaged during oh. COVID. That must be so bloody hard. Mate, that was probably the most stressful time in both Chloe and I's marriage. Yeah. Like she's doing breakfast radio from home, sitting over at the table over there. Um, she's got a radio show to do. Um, I, I came home from I came home from Papua New Guinea. I had to be in so the family was in full lockdown. We couldn't leave the property for two weeks. We we're trying to homeschool Max, and mate, I wasn't a good student, let alone a good teacher. Mm. So, Homeschool's and he, hard, and isn't he's it? autistic, so yeah. he takes a whole different level of engagement. Yep. And so we're freaking out about that. Our daughter Phoenix had just started at All Saints, a new high school down the road, and the, you know the pressure on her. You know she it was just all new to her, so it was just. Mate, that, 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 that one month of like when we were stuck at home, homeschooling and stuff, that was probably the toughest I've had with my kids. Mm. And probably the most, when I, when I say um, volatile, like there was always a level of peace across the surface in the house, but you knew it didn't take any, just if you broke that surface, mm. then yeah. life was going to be hard for a minute, <laughs> you know? And, and we just, we all had to bite our tongue a bit. We all had to try to, but you're also aware of that shit. You're aware of it. Chloe's aware of it. Yeah. You know, imagine you, you go through the households through Australia and the people that don't have that awareness. Oh, man. Because apparently alcohol sales has gone up something like eight 60, times. Yeah. Something's... I was speaking to my, my friend, one of the bosses at, at West Farmers. Yeah. That like their alcohol sales during, during that one month of like lockdown. Eight, five. eight times. Wow. 
Can you imagine what, what's going on at home? Yeah. Like, it's scary, man. Well, you've got that. Domestic violence has gone up through yep. the roof. The problem with the domestic violence and the, and the, the child abuse and stuff like that, which I was listening to someone chat about, is most of that stuff is picked up at schools. Yeah, right. So it's the it's the teachers and the yes, friends that, that pick up. They see it. Yeah, yeah they, like they things pick up of on abuse a with the kids, or yeah. or whatever. And so now, man, they know that it's gone up, but they can't tell how bad because no one can pick up on that sort no, of stuff. Mate. I feel for for anybody who's it's just been a shit lived in shit, that shit time. It's um yeah, it's been hard. It's been hard on the country. It's been hard on the world. I, you know, I feel like we're coming out the back end of it. I feel like, you know. I feel like the government's done a pretty good job here, to be honest. Like, mm. I mean, I, I, there are people that are, you know, filthy, and you know, I understand that. Well, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I get the argument on both sides. Yeah. I understand it. I also, you know, sometimes I, I got to wonder: was it worth doing all that to destroy so many people? Mate, this is my thing. You know, I had a friend of mine in in the US. I mean, it's like it's like the cure is worse than the disease. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. If 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 you if you if you if you had one of your loved ones die. Coronavirus yeah. and everybody was out. Would you think differently? And I get it. During I, the whole, yeah. during this whole time, his his dad passed away here in Australia. He wasn't allowed to come back. Yeah. It was just awful, you know, awful time, you know. So, but then I also heard the argument like, okay, the amount of people that die in car accidents every day is more is, is so big, right? And we know about it. But are they stopping people from driving cars yeah. every day? Because yeah. no, you can't do that because that's really dangerous and someone's going to die. And we, we want to stop yeah. those thousands of people from dying yeah, today. Yeah, it may, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of torn. Like I'm, I'm really like, I'm really like, you look at Australia and you look at like what happened in New York City and all the people dying and you think, well, well that, that could have been us, but our government acted and we did the right thing. But then it's like, it seems like in the US they've just given up and everyone's just going out now anyway. Like mm. it's sort of like, yeah. There's also, there's also talk that this thing's going to come back every year in some sort of, you know, yeah, changed fashion. Way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what are we going to do? We're going to lock down for four or five months every single right, year? Yeah. We're not. I think it's just going to come to a point where we just go, that's what it is. Yeah, I, ho- I, hope, I hope, mate, look, at the end of the day, I hope, you know, we all, you know, get through it as best we can. But I hope that, you know, there's some sort of sanity prevails. And, I mean, we live on the Gold Coast. You live in northern New South Wales. Like, they're, they're tourist towns mm. where we live. Like, for... Yeah, I mean, we're coming up to school holidays in a week's time, like, and they're, they're going to open the borders on July 10. Oof. It's like, why wouldn't you open them mm. next week so yeah. people can travel up here for school holidays? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it just doesn't make any sense. I've, There's a lot of contradictions in what they're doing. Yeah, and that, that's, I mean, my, my daughter plays, plays soccer, and she's just been allowed to go back to training this week, which has been really cool, so she's, you know, back playing with her friends and stuff, but when they go to training, they've got to stay two metres away from their teammates. Yeah, yeah. So Ca- they, there's, no, there's no tackling yeah, there. Like, you sit next to your, kid, your schoolmates at school? She's like, yeah. I'm like, like next one? She goes, yeah. I'm like, it's just bizarre. Like, why can it happen there, but it can't happen at, yeah. at, at soccer training? You yeah. know? So there's a lot of stuff that I don't, look, I don't understand, I don't profess to understand. All I know is, is man, when they said stay at home, I stayed at home. <laughs> and when they said I could go out, I went out, and I'm happy to get out. And I, I tell you what, I, one thing, when I, when I got back and they said you're locked down for two weeks, I was like, yes, this is gonna be awesome. I don't have to go out and deal with anything. Yeah. I can just stay home, and I loved it. And then after two weeks- But then it gets weeks, to a point where you're like, okay, I realize, yeah, man, I, I love people. Yeah. And I love that social interaction. Yeah. And I love the banner, and I love my mates. And, and man, I started to get a bit like down. I'm like, oh man, is this gonna, I remember sitting, I got a fire pit out the back, I remember sitting by the fire pit and just sat there, you know, 
with a red wine for about an hour, just messaging all my mates, just going, miss you, love you, can't wait to see you, you know, and just message all of them, you know. Yeah. Like, it took me a while, but I was, it was, it was good. Oh, sorry, if you're listening to this and you're my mate, you didn't get a text. It's not that I don't love you, but... <laughs> sorry, Dave, I didn't text you. You but, didn't text me. But, um, but yeah, it was just... I just had one of those moments where I, when, I, when it just sort of hit me, you know, like, yeah. it's like, man, I'm, I'm a real, I'm a social butterfly, you know, yeah. like, I, I love that interaction and, mm. and I was missing it, I really was, so, yeah, look, I'm glad things are opening up a bit and, um, you know, fingers crossed that things keep going well. Mate, and I'm super glad that, obviously, we are able to sort of get together today and have a bit of a chat about some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Pretty important stuff. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, thanks for letting me come in, have a cup of tea, and thanks to your dog for yeah, he's joining the joining, joining the, the show a few times. Thank you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, man. Thank you very much. Cheers, brother. Loved it. This has been another episode of the Bold and the Beautiful podcast.